Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Rivian stock dropped 25% after their earnings, which had investors asking a lot of questions, mainly those people who were either holding shares before the call or those who are looking at the stock now and thinking there's some sort of bargain to be had. Now, Rivian is clearly surviving and not thriving. So today we want to cut through the noise and identify some key metrics for investors in Rivian stock to pay attention to. Now, Morgan Stanley issued this note on Rivian, and it talks about how investors, and this is very true, would love a non-Tesla way to play the long-term EV theme, which is their attraction to stocks like Rivian. But unfortunately, since Rivian's November 2021 IPO, it's good they had an IPO instead of a SPAC, that the EV landscape has changed decidedly for the worse, and the company's strategy appears to be unchanged. They also talk about disappointing production estimates, but we think that's probably one of the least of Rivian's problems. So we first wrote about Rivian back in October of 2021, around the time that we're planning to have their IPO. You can see this chart here on the right, which shows the valuation at the time, which was $80 billion for a firm that hadn't even produced a car. What would you say you do here? It was valued as high as GMC at the time, or say higher than both GMC uh, and also higher than Ford. Uh, that valuation ended up going to $127 billion, where it eventually settled down to $11 billion, where it sits today. And I think this sentence in our article sums it up. Uh, we wouldn't consider touching any EV stock unless they've crossed the production hell chasm. And that describes... The ability for an EV company to produce an electric vehicle that they can sell for more than it costs to produce. And certainly there's a, a function of scale there. Eventually they need to hit a certain scale to do that. But the last time we looked at Rivian was in this piece, Rivian's Amazon problem. That was just about a year ago. And since then, Rivian stock has lost 37% of its value uh, Lucid, uh, for those of you that are interested in that company, it's lost 58% of its value, and Tesla just 4%, whilst the NASDAQ has gained 49%. So there was an opportunity cost associated with investing in those companies. Now, Rivian's stock price has become a vote of confidence that Rivian can produce vehicles with a positive gross margin, and this is by far their biggest problem. You can see that here. They're operating last quarter at a negative 46% gross margin. So losing somewhere around $43,000 per vehicle they deliver. So you can't sell electric vehicles and subsidize them. So for them to uh, get to a positive gross margin is critically important. And people will say, what about Tesla? Right. What about Tesla? Here's a chart that shows one that I quite enjoy showing people that back as far as 2009, Tesla had positive gross profit. Sure, it was very small, but look at that. And then moving to the left there, that increased as they scaled. So Tesla got the production elements right, and that's what Musk has described as their biggest competitive advantage. Now, at least Rivian recognizes this problem. You can see here that they have a focus on gross profit and cost efficiency. So they expect to, based on this chart here that's rather blurry, 
I don't know why their investor relations team isn't capable of producing charts in the investor letter that aren't blurry, but they expect a positive gross profit in the fourth quarter of this year. So that's very important. Now, when we listen to the earnings call language, in reference to the bottom line, they talk about a second quarter shutdown, and that's going to involve some weeks before ramping up to that shutdown and then ramping production back up after that. So it's going to impact all of production this year. But the purpose of that is to further optimize their manufacturing expenses. So essentially, they're doing some retooling, and that will allow them to achieve this, what they describe as a modest gross profit in the fourth quarter of this year. Now, when it comes to sales, of course, we have the problem with the uh, second quarter shutdown, but also they talk about historically high interest rates having negatively impacted demand. Okay, maybe that problem goes away. But then they refer to their order bank having notably reduced over time. In other words, they're filling all those, those reservations that EV companies love to talk about, which shows demand for their product. Guys, just thought you might want to know, uh, sales aren't up, they're, uh, they're down. They also talk about the impact of cancellations on that order bank and that the total delivery, so there's production, the vehicles they produce, and then the vehicles that they deliver or sell. So the vehicles that they deliver this year will be uh, delivered from existing backlogs, so people that had um, you know, reservations for vehicles, as well as new orders generated during the year, implying that they're going to have to go out and, as they say here, our key focus is on increasing demand to achieve our 2024 delivery targets. So that's not good. Now that they've filled all that interest, they have to go out and start convincing people to buy a $70,000 electric truck. So producing vehicles is just one thing that they need to be concerned with and selling them is the other. And here you can see those two numbers offset against each other. So you'd want to pay attention to that gap. I guess this fourth quarter gap that you see here between production and deliveries is just seasonality and nothing the company tells us to be concerned with. Now, they produced 57,000 vehicles in 2023. They're expecting 56,000, so 1,000 less this year. That's implied revenues of $4.3 billion. As I said, that downtime is accounting for that reduced production this year. Now, in 2023, they sold vehicles for $2 billion less than they cost to produce. So that's eating away at their cash. On top of that, they also have R&D and sales and admin marketing expenses. So uh, those also are eating into their cash. So a key metric you need to pay attention to is their cash stockpile. And it's important to have a basic understanding of cash flows. So here you can see how they started 2022 with a lot of money, $18.4 billion in cash. Two years later, at the end of last year, they've burned through $9 billion, about half of that. They have $9.4 billion in cash. So one thing to note here when you look at a cash flow statement is, that they say cash is at $7.8 billion, but you also need to go and look under assets to see if there's any short-term investment. So, that, so those two numbers there add up to the $9.4 billion in cash they have. So I wanted to very quickly walk through their, how their cash gets depleted so you can understand that part of the business is very important. So as I said, they ended 2021 with $18.4 billion in cash. Then their business operations burned through $5 billion. Capital expenditures, so investing in their production, right? That was another 1.4. So their cash dropped by $6.4 billion. Cool. 
When they went into 2023, then they had $12 billion. Now, here's what's interesting. Again, they burned about the same in business operations, $4.9 billion. CapEx, less, $1 billion. But then they issued convertible notes or debt for $3.2 billion. So their cash only dropped by $2.6, a lot less than it would have if they hadn't issued that debt. And then that brings us to the $9.4 billion going into this year. This year, CapEx is actually going up more than the previous two years. It's $1.75 billion. So just back of the napkin math, they have about 1.5 years left before they run out of cash. They're burning about $6 billion a year. The company says cash will last all the way through next year, but then what? So let's assume Rivian is going to achieve positive gross margins and that their production downtime coupled with the time it takes for them to gradually move to a positive gross margin means that they're going to lose roughly the same amount of money selling vehicles in 2024 before they get to that positive gross margin. So if they burn the same amount of money this year as they did in 2022 or 2023, roughly, they're going to end up with about $3.4 billion in cash at the end of this year. Will that allow them to achieve positive operating cash flows? It really doesn't seem like it will. And then what you need to look at is, okay, let's say they have positive gross margins and that, that's all sorted. You can't talk about, you know, they're saying increasing demand to match deliveries. That's what they're focused on. You can't talk about that and then expect to spend less on marketing and advertising. So we would expect they're not going to be you know, reducing their operating expenses anytime soon. So even at a break-even gross margin, they're going to be spending an additional $2.7 billion a year on operating expenses. So it's going to take a while for them to uh, move to being cash flow positive. And is this a case of Polestar or Tesla? You look at Polestar and they have positive gross margins. It looks like at least out of the last four quarters, three of them had positive gross margins. But that's just barely, you know, is, is that modest? What Rivian describes as modest? That's not enough to move the needle, man. They've got to, they've got to go beyond that, right? And look at, again, how Tesla was able to do that. So if they can't do that, here's the problem. They're going to have to raise more money, okay? They already have debt after that 2023 debt raise for a $10 billion, $11 billion company. They're sitting on $4.4 billion in debt. So, are they going to be able to raise more debt? Who's going to lend it to them, right? If they can't do that, then they need to sell lots of shares at the currently depressed prices and dilute existing shareholders. Now, the last statement in the earnings call was this. They said, over the long term, we continue to see a clear path to our approximately 25% gross margin target, high teens adjusted EBITDA margin target, and approximately 10% free cash flow margin targets. That's great that you can see that clear path, but we can't. So just some parting thoughts on Rivian. Um, if you're looking to invest in EVs, as Morgan Stanley said, lots of people are, you're just going to have to consider Tesla and, and a firm like BYD. So uh, either a richly valued car company or a firm that has uh, a lot of growth, but a lot of China risk. Uh, what did today's findings say about Tesla's Cybertruck? That came up when we were doing this research. So selling expensive trucks might be really tough. You need to think about who buys trucks and what do they use them for. And we made that criticism in our original Rivian piece. Is this electric truck novelty going to wear off? So Rivian has a myriad of fires to fight. And the cheaper their shares get, the less money they're going to get from selling them. 
And then the cheaper they're going to get, and it's a vicious cycle. And people will say, well, someone will acquire them. Well, maybe someone will wait until they're out of options. So what it feels like when you read through this earnings call, you get the distinct feeling that they built a platform that's not economically viable, and now they're scrambling like, like mad to retool it. And that's nothing we want any part of. Now, for those of you that are interested in Lucid and comparing Rivian to Lucid, they're certainly um, two different companies that uh, have two different investment profiles. We did this piece here. Uh, take a look at that. Uh, before you watch that, please like this video, subscribe to our channel, support our work. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.